Okay, welcome back to the United Pubcast, the podcast of the official Man United Supporters Club here in Sydney, New South Wales, Australia. And Larry, we were just discussing last weekend. It was a little bit of a little bit of a depressing weekend, you could say, last week. I um, will forget the score line, but um, a much better feeling this time around. Um, Tom, we kept a clean sheet. I mean, it's my bed sheets goals. weren't clean. My bed sheets weren't clean after Ronaldo's goal, but Manchester United kept a clean sheet. That, well, that alone did. is phenomenal. Well, Ronaldo did keep his shirt on. Um, I'm not sure of his yellow card tally, but he um, obviously is keeping that in check. But um, yeah, it was disappointing to get some, see him keep his shirt on. But there are some guys in the comments. Um, actually, one comment here before we actually came into the studio. Um, George saying, sorry, guys, I won't be able to join with my 3-2-1s, Ronaldo, Varane, and Bruno. A nice springboard for the weekend. So, yeah, we will. the 3-2-1s are returning uh, for everyone in the comments. So make sure you do get those in by the time we do come around to those. But some other guys in the comments. Uh, Rob, good to see you. Yes, the boys, how good does a win feel? Look, it feels good, but yeah, especially 10 times better <laughs> considering the situation we all had last week. Um, George, good evening, mate. Um, another fellow Tom from Sydney. Hope you're well. Um, Flim Flam Spurs fans are weird. Um, yeah, very accurate, but um, I don't think there's anything groundbreaking. But uh, Ryan as well saying, evening all, that clean sheet is magic. Even Fred almost had a 30-yard scream. Yeah, I was thinking, what on earth <laughs> is Fred doing when he was lining that shot up? But um, he, that's what you see with Fred. You see that and you think, he does have that in his log. He should be very good the way he does strike a ball. But um, yeah, often he doesn't strike it like that. And Wes, hope you're well, mate, as well. But we will move into it. And look, Larry, last week there was there's no hiding from how sort of depressing the chat was and the mood was last week after the 5-0 defeat. But I always think back to it, and we sort of sat there and sort of dissected it and think, and we're always, quite, I think, quite level-headed in our sort of reaction and sort of we don't sort of go too over the top. We're all sitting there, we accepted this, we discussed that, we discussed this. And I think it was quite level-headed. And this one, I was thinking, okay, it's a Man United win, back to winning ways. We can just sit back, relax, and just enjoy the win. However, I feel I'm more fired up and more passionate about this one in regards to the post-match reaction by sort of some so-called fans after the game. I'm thinking this one has sort of bowled my piss a little bit more than last week. Last week was sort of just it was flattening, where this one has really pumped me up in terms of, yes, nothing changes in regards to Solskjaer and our position in regards to his future as manager. But you have to enjoy it. The negativity around the... Like, just remind me, we did win 3-0 away at Tottenham. Like the negativity around yesterday. I try to stay off Twitter nowadays. It's just not worth it. I mean, this is... Football is to be enjoyed for when, when you are winning. Like, this is what you follow football for. You, you you ride the highs and you dwell in the lows. And I will never, ever, whatever I think of the manager, I will never call for someone to be sacked. Absolutely pathetic. Even Louis van Gaal, as boring as his football was, we all said at the time, he's, pro- he's probably got to go. But imagine not wanting us to win the FA Cup final, Jesse Lingard burying it when you're down 10 men. A historic moment goes down in history. And that wouldn't happen against these so-called fans who want the manager to lose. It's absolutely ridiculous. I'm absolutely buzzing for the win. I thought it was a really professional performance by Manchester United. And how about this, Tom? How about we put some praise on Solskjaer's name? I know we will get into it. We're, we're so quick to criticize him when he gets tacti- when he's tactically found out. I think tactically he got a spot on today. Yeah, no, definitely. Well, we'll get into team selection, obviously the three-five-two, which will dominate a lot of the discussion. And obviously going forward, do we use that um, next week against Manchester City? But we'll um, do that in a little bit. But um, Jamie from Northern Ireland, hope you're keeping well. And um, I, I just think you mentioned that in the mood around it. Like, who would have thought we always, when, whenever we drop points to a lesser team, we always look at the other results and go, that's why we can't drop those points. We need to pick up wins because other teams just won't do that. 
who would have picked at the start of the weekend that we would have won away at Tottenham and Liverpool would have blown a two-goal lead at home to Brighton and Crystal Palace to win away at the Etihad. So when I know results, when they don't go away, they're frustrating to us, but they do happen to other teams. Teams go up and Arsenal are in the form of their lives. They're going to have a bit of a downturn eventually. We're being in horrible form. Hopefully our, turn, our sort of the tide turns with us. So yeah, the, the mood, I think, just has been completely over the top and we can't get carried away with this result. Tottenham were poor. We can't hide from the fact, but United were, United were good. Um, Tottenham have had some good results this year. I think they beat Man City as well, first game of the season. They so did. it has been there. But um, on the team selection and the three five two, and we'll get to some comments because I'm sure a lot of the um, discussion will be around the sort of change in shape. And just your thoughts, because we gave our predicted 11 before before the game and we didn't even allude to three five two. We said it potentially could happen. But in terms of a prediction, we just said, no, I would think it would just be a normal sort of four two three one. But he has gone to it. And just your first reaction, both on sort of socialised thinking behind it, but also the reaction to it. And I know we just discussed sort of fan reaction on social media, et cetera. But from what I saw of it, there was no discussion in regards to the tactical approach from Solskjaer. The, the reaction I saw, oh, he's just pretending what Conte would do. He knows Conte is the new manager of Manchester United, so he's just trying to do what Antonio Conte is going to do. And I just think we have short memories. Very often Solskjaer plays a three at the back. Some of our biggest wins and his best performances have come with three at the back. Like this is not a new thing for Solskjaer. This isn't him hitting the panic button. Now, maybe there could be an element of a, a sort of a last throw of the dice, but he has done this before and it's quite a common thing. So I didn't see, I didn't understand the outrage over it um, an hour before kickoff. I'm past this entitlement that Manchester United fans have of we have to dominate the ball, we have to play a certain way. Roy Keane summed it up perfectly. You don't earn the right to play football a certain way. This is a results-driven business. And when you're playing to the strengths of what this squad has, counter-attacking football is probably the way to go about it. And I thought, while the we didn't predict the formation, what we did say was Spurs are likely to have allow that opportunity for United to counter-attack. And I think we, we saw that. Uh, we saw that today. And I thought... Credit to Oli. What he did do is he identified that there aren't enough players who work hard enough off the ball. That that four two four that we seem to set up with off the ball. If you actually looked at it today, it was much more compact. Um, I wish I had the graphic in front of me. I did have it earlier, but the midfield had three in there at all times, off the ball and on the ball. Bruno Fernandez now in that second line of defense as opposed to that front line of defense. Cavani pushing from the front. And I thought what that did do is it just shored up things um, through the middle. And and what it, what I really liked about it, and the advantage of playing with a three at the back, Tom, is when you've always got the extra man in the midfield. What that means is Tottenham have to create space out wide. Now, you can't score a goal out wide no matter how dangerous you're looking. I was absolutely buzzing when he took Lucas Mara off. But I thought the, it was really smart by Solskjaer. He removed Rashford, he removes Greenwood, and he replaces their defensive output with... Shaw and Wan-Bissaka to then occupy those wide spots. They'll run up and down all game. So I thought it was spot on. Yeah, well, you mentioned sort of the distance between lines and you just look at the images that are sort of burned in our memory from the Liverpool game on how exposed our midfield was when Bruno presses the goalkeeper, etc. and they were able to play through us. So I think the main difference, and we weren't really pressing too high, but we are pressing well at, not even pressing, we just had a really good shape. And a lot of it was down to Bruno in that 10 position because you know, when they did play into midfield, yeah, the defence was pushed up on the halfway, which pushed McTominay and Fred on, which pushed Bruno. There was just no space for Tottenham to play through. So it wasn't United were pressing very well. We just had a far better, not not better shape. A 4-2-3-1 is a good shape. A 4-4-2 is a good shape. You can define any um, formation as a good shape. 
be have to be disciplined in it. And United were very disciplined, unlike that first five minutes, which absolutely killed us against Liverpool. But one of the things in terms of, again, reactions in terms of personnel and team selection, and it's, you're never going to please everyone, but I really hate the notion that whenever we win this type of game, Solskjaer, he's playing seven or eight defenders. Of course, you're going to keep a clean sheet. And I think... I understand. I understand the frustration with sort of defensive-minded players or so-called defensive-minded players, but this sort of the label that's thrown out into play eight defenders. Do we? So we're counting Fred and McTominay as defenders. Do we count Fabinho as a defensive midfielder at Liverpool? Is he a defender? Do we call Jorginho, who sits a little bit deeper? Do we call him a defender? Do we call Rodri at Manchester City, who drops into the back line? Do we call him a defender? No, we, we don't call them defenders, but we call Fred and McTominay in midfield. We call them defenders. Just a, another stick to beat Solskjaer with. And here we are sitting, nothing changes in our position with Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. We still think he needs to go. This result doesn't change anything. But yeah, the reaction, I thought, to that team selection was way over the top. We'll just go to some comments here before we move on to um, the actual football, because there was a football game. Um, Tom's saying, can't get carried away with this win. The criticism still stands for Oli. One win doesn't mean it's all good. Still have Atalanta and City. It's not pathetic to call for the manager to be sacked. I don't think it was, was discussing calling the manager to be sacked. It was calling or, or wanting Man United to lose. That was the pathetic reaction we didn't want. So many fans online did want United to lose so they can get what they want in terms of the manager sacked. But completely right that one game doesn't win anything, doesn't change anything. The stance on the manager must, um, yeah, must, must stay the same because who knows what situation we're in next week after Manchester City um, arrived. But Flim Flam, I must have um, blocked and muted the right accounts because I didn't see any negativity on Twitter. I am jealous, mate. Um, Mike saying, agree, guys. Some of the fans online are toxic and disgrace. That's why I love this channel. So much balance. Presenters and the majority level-headed fans. Appreciate that, Mike. Um, Ryan, on to the football. Fred and McTominay, to be fair, were miles better today. They were good. Um, that new system can work even with the likes of Pogba, Donny, Matic, in the middle, on a side note, how good was Wan-Bissaka? We'll get into Wan-Bissaka in regards to the 3-2-1s, and Pogba will be interesting because a very good performance without Paul Pogba, but now he's obviously suspended for City. So, in my opinion, he walks back into the Atalanta match because he'll need minutes and someone will need a few fresh legs, but we'll get into that one at the end of the podcast. Um, Elliot saying, evening, mate. Hope you're keeping well. And George going, five at the back with Maguire and Shaw works. So if we want um, to go to a back four, Lindelof and Teller should come in. Our teamwork, our teamwork's um, rates everywhere. We went back to the famous counter-attacking game plan. Did you see that post before the match? I'm not sure. We'll post in the group chat. I'm not sure if you went to bed or not. Um, but Alex Tellers put an Instagram post out saying good things come to those who wait. And it was a photo of him playing and sort of all these emojis, sort of smiling faces. And it looked like when these rumours were appearing that it was going to be three at the back so with so-called wing-backs that Tellers was going to play. But ultimately, I don't think Tellers was, was on the bench. Was he? I can't recall. Um, but look, Tellers will get his opportunity. If, if United do stick with the three at the back, then he'll definitely get to play much more football. And I actually think what Tellers offers going forward, um, with, with a wing back position, defensively, there's not as much, I suppose, requirement to be defensively sound, but it's more about your work rate to get up and down the pitch. And I think Tellers' delivery is much better than Luke Shaw's. So. Yeah, I'm, I'm keen to see, you know, does Oli stick with this formation? And if he does, then I think Tellez could definitely be producing in terms of um, assists, definitely for Ronaldo and Cavani in the middle. Yeah, well, definitely. Just two more before we quickly move on. Ryan saying Bruno has definitely been told to drop a little bit deeper as well. So blatant to see when we didn't have the ball, which yeah, Larry definitely alluded to before. And Elliot saying, what do you think of longevity of Sancho on the bench? Um, another Donny van der Beek case, which, look, that is another debate for another day. That's a full topic. But just before we get on to the football, because I do want to discuss just my last bit on this Conte and Oli thing. And again, I have no issue with people wanting Antonio Conte in. He's obviously a fantastic manager. 
And here we are saying that Ole Gunnar Solskjaer needs to go if we do want to take that next step. But in terms of the criticism of Solskjaer, let's pretend Antonio Conte came in after Liverpool, which I'm sure was very close. I'm sure there was discussions. Solskjaer was very lucky to keep his job. Let's say Antonio Conte comes in, takes charge of this Tottenham game, plays three at the back and wins 3-0. We'll be saying, what a tactical genius. This is what we've been missing out on. Well, Solskjaer has just done it. We have to give him credit where it's due. I agree with you. And that's what I referred to earlier. Um, I don't think you had to play 3-5-2 against Tottenham. I think he's obviously done it looking at United's frailties and our weaknesses. Um, but you've got to say, Tom, like, we'll get into the three, two ones. Raphael Varane made a massive difference. And, and that's the thing. I don't know if it's the formation setup or was it, we simply put a world-class defender into the defense and suddenly things look a lot more assured in saying that Tottenham did not have a shot on target all game. Now you can look at United and say, yes, we defended well. And I think we definitely have this an improvement there, but Tottenham didn't, they, they didn't have a prayer that they were awful. Um, but well, you can only we're play talking about, we're talking about Harry Kane in the pre-match show and thinking what is wrong with him. He obviously doesn't want to be there. And then when you see our forwards in terms of Ronaldo, maybe not in terms of work rate, but Ronaldo's desire to go and score goals and Cavani's obvious work rate. I know, look, I, I was saying at the end of last season, let's go sign Harry Kane if we can. But now you look at the sort of those three strikers, I know which one I'm sort of glad isn't at my club, and it's obviously Harry Kane. But speaking of Ronaldo, we will move on to the football. Um, Ronaldo, is, again, just a reminder to everyone, does still, um, play for Manchester United and scores goals for Manchester United still. Where do you want to start with that goal, Larry? Because look, you can talk about the finish if you want, because it's, well, it's a fantastic finish. I've just seen another reverse angle, I think, from one of Man United's social media accounts where they do the behind-the-scenes stuff. A fantastic angle of the finish. And you can talk about the goal. Feel free. The pass by Bruno Fernandes, I think I watched it the first time. I think, oh, great ball. I've been watching it for the past two hours on repeat, and I think it is. Um, I urge everyone to go back and look at it. It's an unbelievable ball for so many reasons. And the first thing, look, if you or me are playing here and we see Ronaldo, we can make that pass to Ronaldo. It's not a difficult pass. What is difficult? We could make that pass, but we'd have far, far much too hot, sort of too height on it. The goalkeeper, not the goalkeeper, the left back would be able to get ahead on it. We wouldn't be able to get that sort of speed and dip on it. But Bruno Fernandes has been able to put the weight on it. So the left back has absolutely no chance, and it's an unbelievable pass, and it's something they sort of link up quite well. You've obviously seen him do it once or twice at Portugal. Um, I would love to see a stat on how many Ronaldo goals so far in a red shirt have come from Bruno Fernandes' assist, and um, just your thoughts on the fact when Bruno did pick up the ball, but also the finish by Ronaldo. I like that Bruno played deeper today. He wasn't in position to score as much, but I thought the midfield just functioned a lot better. Um, again, I think time will tell whether this was a tactical masterstroke by Solskjaer or wasn't, in fact, Tottenham allowing Bruno to do what Bruno does. But it was a brilliant ball. Absolutely. I don't think many players in world football execute that. When you're talking about the pace of the Premier League, you don't get time on the ball. Um, but and, and that's what I like. I think Solskjaer just needs to work out. I don't think 3-5-2 will actually be what you we do going forward, Tom. I think he's currently looking at how do I get this side to shut up shop a little bit, build the confidence. And I think once he actually builds the confidence back into the side, I think he'll then look to execute the 4-2-3-1 again. But nonetheless, what I do like and what he what Solskjaer needs to execute going forward, should he remain as manager, how do I get Bruno to actually play in the midfield? Because like we saw today, when he gets deep, gets his eyes up, unbelievable vision and execution. Yeah, no, fantastic. Ryan here saying Spurs did have a few chances. Son in particular, one-on-one and should have scored, really. Wan-Bissaka did well to get back. Yeah, no, I think that one was offside, but Wan-Bissaka and Son weren't to know that that was offside. And yeah, what a fantastic 
tackle will be interesting with Wan-Bissaka. Now he's got Raheem Sterling, um, who he always has in his pocket. I'll be interested to see if Sterling plays next week in the derby. And Tom saying, um, you have Varane and you will have a good chance to not concede as many goals. Coincidence, we got a clean sheet from his first game back. Well, yeah, well I think he's, the two clean sheets we've had this season, his debut against Wolves and obviously this first game back. And I, I think the thing with Varane is well, not only yeah, he's a fantastic defender, so that obviously helps, but I think he almost has a bit of an influence or a bit of an aura around him. I don't want to say in the Ronaldo sort of category, but in t- terms of that sort of, he does have that presence in terms of if, I'm, if you're a striker and you've been watching Rafael Varane on the TV for the past 10 years, lifting Champions League trophies and World Cups, you go up against him, you think, geez, I'm in for a tough evening here. This is a top defender. I'm, I'm going to have to be at my best. And it's almost like that when Ronaldo's up against a defender, a defender's already second-guessing himself. And I think Rafael Varane almost has that about him because he has been sort of regarded as one of the best defenders in the world for God knows how long. So he, he was fantastic, which we'll get into in regards to the 3-2 ones. I'm sure his name um, will pop up in the discussion. Mike saying Rashford, Greenwood, Sancho on the bench. What unbelievable young talent that would be starting for many um, front threes around the Premier Premier League, which yeah, it's interesting and it's a fascinating debate when you throw that into a 3-5-2 or a 3-4-3, how they fit into that system. But um, Trev here saying seven one two, which is what a lot of people were saying, but what I sort of alluded to at the start, which I just hated that notion that if a defensive midfielder for Liverpool plays, well, he's a midfielder, but if a defensive midfielder plays for United, he's classed as a defender and it's solely used to um, beat Ole Gunnar Solskjaer with. But it does work. And um, well, Wes also mentioned in regards to those attackers, Martial, which Martial does suit a two-strike system. Some of his best performances in Solskjaer's reign in a three five two. I remember Wait the Hediad and I think Chelsea as well was with Anthony Martial up front. But um, that was obviously the Ronaldo goal. We'll move on to Cavani. And I was so happy for Cavani to score. One, because obviously you want to see his striker score. Everyone does love Cavani. But I was looking at it. He needed a goal. While he's been playing, well, you think he's a striker and it's November. Well, almost November. To go this long without a goal, like, he did need to sort of finally get one. And he his hasn't last been playing. goal was Europa League final? Was his last yeah, goal? Yeah, it would have been. So like, while he's been contributing very well and doing very well and deserving all the praise and you'd definitely keep on playing him. um, We've we've made a case here that he should be starting over Ronaldo, for God's sake. But he did need a goal and you can tell um, he definitely did enjoy it. Yeah, class finish too. Not enough being made of that. uh, That's just pure number nine schoolboy. Straight out of the the school book, Tom. Um, I love Cavani. I really do. He just, he plays like a football fan on the pitch and I think that's why it's so easy to get behind the Uruguayan. What a player. I'm so happy we have him. And, you know, I think it will unfortunately be his final season. I'd love to say let's find a reason to keep him. Um, so let's just enjoy watching a master do what a master does. So good to watch. He's a pleasure to, you know, to, just to see every week. And I think what he's doing, there's talk that uh, he's really taken Greenwood under his wing. Bloody hell, if I'm Mason Greenwood, not many better strikers to learn off. Well, speaking of Greenwood and Greenwood and Ronaldo, we sort of, we won't sort of dissect it here, but you look at their sort of interactions on the pitch, not not in a sort of personal thing, but in terms of the way they play football, there's a little bit of a disconnect in terms of the way they both play. And um, but Cavani and Ronaldo, this is the first time we've seen a play. Everyone has said, can they play together? What sort of system can we fit two strikers in? Well, we had the answer um, in terms of three five two and Solskjaer's thing. He played them both from the start. And they did look, I can't remember too many times where they linked up to sort of, well, obviously the goal, and they linked up quite well and a great ball by Ronaldo, sort of, sort of a very underestimated part of his game. We think about the goals, but he does have that sort of eye for a killer pass at times. But it just looked on the the way the game panned out, it looked like Cavani and Ronaldo had an understanding. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think that that's just what you get with two experienced pros doing what they do. They'll be communicating. And I think what it allowed... 
what it allowed is Ronaldo likes to occupy the the left space in between the the winger and sorry the right back and the center back, um, and I think it, it allowed Ronaldo to occupy that space. Cavani much more being the near postman for the right and just holding the ball up, doing the defensive work. It, it was a really good compliment. They obviously won't play together every week. Um, so I'm really what I'm really curious to see, Tom, coming out of this game. What's Solskjaer going to do against Atalanta? What's he going to do against Manchester City? Does he stick with this two-man system? And if he does, how do you fit Rashford, Martial? And you know what? If you're talking about it, the only player who doesn't fit into a two-man system, oddly enough, is Jadon Sancho, the guy we just paid £75 million for. You think that uh, in terms of the way I line up a 3-5-2, I was the manager. In terms of the way I tell my attackers to do what I'll do, one of the strikers goes on to one of the centre-backs. The number 10 will press the centre-back with the ball, allowing my right forward to press on their left back. So we can occupy three of the defenders. So I think Jaden Sancho could almost play as a striker who can drift a little bit wider if Bruno wants to be a little bit more advanced and press a little bit higher. Now, ideally, that's not Jaden Sancho's game. It's not perfect. But I think there is a system where if we're on the front foot and attacking and Bruno Fernandes or whoever the number 10 is is quite advanced, um, I think he can do a job up front. But obviously, that's not ideal. You don't want a striker or Jaden Sancho starting from a sort of a more wide position. Before we move on to um, Rashford's goal, because I've kind of forgotten Rashford's goal. He did come on and score a goal, but all the sort of Ronaldo and Cavani love has sort of overtaken it. But uh, yeah, Ryan just reminded me here, Rashford has been electric since he returned. Um, he's definitely Absolutely. back a goal next week against City. Well, I think Cavani might, and not a drop, but I think Cavani might be dropped against Manchester City and just will line up the same way, but just have Rashford there just for that extra little bit of pace because I think the game will play out the same way. I think we'll sit in, not... We won't set up to park the bus, but I think just City will have more of the ball. So we'll do a lot more defending. So I think when those sort of counterattacks do come, I think Rashford might be a little bit better suited um, than Edison Cavani. But time will tell, and I'm definitely, we'll definitely have a preview before so um, before next Saturday. But Tom here saying Greenwood now has Ronaldo and Cavani to learn off. Crazy if he doesn't learn and improve even more with the, um, these maestros as his mentors, which, again, look, Ronaldo is great for bringing these goals. Cavani is great for this experience. But the main excitement, I think, when these guys arrived Obviously, the excitement around Ronaldo was there was everything to be excited about, but was Mason Greenwood. I remember when Mason Greenwood, when Ronaldo signed, Mason Greenwood scored against Wolves, and we had the debate the next day in terms of our Wolves post-match show saying how's Ronaldo got, how's Ronaldo going to get into this team over Mason Greenwood? Mason Greenwood started the season on fire, so I think we have to be really patient with Mason Greenwood because, as Tom said, um, having Ronaldo and Cavani there, both mentoring him is just. Perfect. Like you couldn't ask for a better sort of introduction to senior football. Trev saying um, Cavani and Ronnie were great together. Two class players can only get better. Wes saying Cavani's first touch to take out Loris was um, from the Ronaldo pass was unbelievable. Yeah, I thought Cavani was actually going to go past him. You mentioned the sort of dinged finish, Larry, but I thought Cavani was actually just going to continue his run and just sort of open the goal up for a tapping. But he had the confidence to um, just sort of dink it nicely. Sancho, Alex saying here, Sancho has played number 10. Sancho is very versatile. I think he, I do see a future of him, not a future, but I can see him playing in a central or almost in that, let's say, Jesse Lingard role. Could you, could you see sort of a similarity in that, Larry? Yeah, yeah. Um, in terms of what he contributes, like he's, he's someone who creates for others. Um, he, he doesn't look to think score first. So, yeah, he definitely could do a job there. I think the only criticism, not even a criticism, I think Sancho's work off the ball isn't what you're, you're not going to get that level of output that you would get from a Cavani or Jesse Lingard. And I think unfortunately for him at the moment, that's probably why he's just being pulled in and out. And he, unfortunately for him, I guess he just hasn't had the fastest start. And I'm sure by the end of the season, Tom, I think he'll, he'll flourish. Um, but 
he's just unfortunately he's he's a square peg in a round hole at the moment. Um, but look, he, he'll get his opportunities, and once he does, look, he's 21 years of age. I'm not concerned with Sancho at all. Yeah, no, definitely. And Sam here from the Supporters Club saying Spurs were awful regardless, so great result. It'll be good to get a result midweek and then smack up those gumboots next door. Um, yeah, we'll definitely. Um, well, we'll obviously be at the pub next week for the Manchester Derby. Um, football tragics, brilliant result, lads. Bet you're buzzing. Um, feel free to leave your um, the football tragic, your link to your channel in the um, live chat. Um, everyone go subscribe to the football tragics. And Trev say more than happy for Ollie to keep this formation and bring in other players into the fold, get some competition going for places. But I'm sure a lot of the discussion in the next week or two will be about this formation. But Larry, before we move on to the return of three two ones, um, as I said, Marcus Rashford scored a goal, came off the bench, nice little assist by Maddox, typical, almost textbook Rashford goal, in on goal, open your um, side foot, side foot into the far corner, mm. textbook. Can we talk about um, just the one piece of credit? Look, the goal, it's nothing brilliant in terms of it's something we've seen. Like you said, it's textbook Marcus Rashford. Can I say the level of composure he's he's added to his game? Because when he first broke in uh, to Manchester into Manchester United squad, that's what really stood out. He comes on, he scores a double against Midgeland on debut. Phenomenal. But all the commentary coming out of the, the youth ranks was this player is brilliant, but he lacks composure in front of goal. Yeah, it's funny. He comes into the first team, he shows it. But then you've seen over the seasons, he's at times he's quite frantic. But what I love what he added, if you look at his goal, particularly against Atalanta, and then again this one today, when he's one-on-one with a goalkeeper nowadays, nine times out of ten, you're backing him to finish. He's, he's really added a good amount of composure to his game. Good on him. Um, he, he's He's been world-class, Tom. We, we said this season, could it be the one where he breaks into that conversation? From what I'm seeing so far, yeah, I think he's he's definitely putting his hand up. I think it's his birthday. I just saw on Facebook or Twitter, one of them um, popped up. It might be his 24th birthday today. So happy birthday to him, if so. And yeah, he does look a little bit like Rashford we have in our mind because of the memories you bring when he sort of first burst on the scene. We think of Marcus Rashford as this young player. But now he's back after this surgery, and it's not because of the surgery. He's obviously spent time in the gym kind of thing, but he looks like an adult now. Like Mason Greenwood's sort of growing, but he can still he looks like a kid. Marcus Rashford now looks like a fully sort of built professional. And that Field was the Yeah. But which naturally happens, and Mason Greenwood will get to that. You look at Ronaldo, um, how skinny, sort of skinny and lanky he was when he first arrived. So time will tell, and sort of really good things to have. But Wes saying Rashford is class on and off the pitch, which I think a lot of people forget the off the pitch stuff. Like, yes, we care about on the pitch and results and performances, and that is what we live and die by. But at the end of the day, um, like Larry said, football, it's just a game, and you have to sort of remember and respect a lot of stuff Rashford is doing away from the um Football pitch, but we will move on to three two ones, Larry. The return of three two ones because we just forfeited last week. We just said no, not going to do it, not going to give anyone a points for the dark day in Manchester United history. Where do you want to start? I'll give you the floor first in regards to three two ones because there's a player who we haven't really discussed. I think one of the comments that I mentioned, one of the incidents in regards to a tackle, but we've talked about Ronaldo, we've talked about Cavani. Actually, before we start, first of all, thank God we don't have to mention De Gea in this discussion. I much you want to <laughs> feel free if you do want to, but yeah, um, it's kind of. Pleasing not to have to mention the goalkeeper. But my shout, and I think from discussions with you offline today, your shout as well, huge shout for Aaron Wan-Bissaka. I, I thought he was key in the way we are playing. Man of the match by a country mile, to quote Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, except I'm not talking about the Scotsman. Um, mm. I, I thought Wan-Bissaka was brilliant. And what it is, I, I almost giggle when I watch Wan-Bissaka play, Tom. He's so awkward, uh, just the way he runs. And I remember there was a game where I said to you, does he have a bad first touch? And you're saying... Actually, his first touch isn't bad. It's just the way his body it moves. Bad. It's Yeah, he's, he's just quite an unorthodox. He's got an unorthodox style. I think that's the best way to put it. 
But he, he's playing some brilliant football, Wambasaka. I think going forward, he's starting to look more dangerous. And I like that he's backing himself. He's, he's going against players one-on-one and he's he's dribbling past them and, and he's confident. I think Wambasaka is a great shout uh, for the three points this week. Really good player. Could have had an assist, um, but I love his work rate. Like you said, the Son opportunity. Forget that it was offside. He had, he didn't know that. Son didn't know that. He had no right to get there. He ran from right back. Sorry, from wing back, I should say. Had a lot of ground to cover and he got there. Brilliant. Uh, I think I think what I also really liked about his and obviously he performed well, but in terms of the other side of the performance, into sort of the the mental aspect of it, again, and this goes for every player, whether it be Harry Maguire or Ronaldo or McTominay or Fred, it was rock bottom. We're at rock bottom across the club, the players, the manager, the fans, and to come into a must-win game and have a completely different job because playing right wing back um, is a completely different job to right back. And for the manager to say, okay, this is a must-win game, going to completely change your role, and I want you to do this for me. A lot of people would have said, if we go to a five at the back, let's play Diego Delo instead of Juan Bissaka type thing. But he's gone with Juan Bissaka and completely changed his role. So for him to perform like that, both defensively, and again, attacking, sometimes in the attack, you think, oh, I could do a little bit better. But again, a lot of it, if you actually look at the efficiency of him, he's actually not too bad. It's the way it looks. He's actually quite sort of successful with a lot of his passes. And he might not be sort of bursting down the wing and sort of whipping in a great cross. But he very often doesn't lose the ball. Now, sometimes as a Man United fullback, we do want more. we sort of grown up with sort of Gary Neville getting balls into the box. Patrice Evra been the best left back in the world type thing going forward. Yes, we do want a little bit more, of course. But if someone's not losing the ball and doing their job right, you sort of have to take credit and say, well, he's doing his job, especially for someone who is a sort of defensive fullback. Yeah, spot on. Um, just some comments here, which we will get into a sort of our further 3 2 ones here, but um, just everyone else's 3 2 ones while we're at it. Um, Rob saying Wampasaka, Ronaldo, and Cavani. Yeah, it's hard to argue. Um, Ronaldo, Wampasaka, and Cavani for Ahmad as well. Sam saying Ronaldo, Wampasaka, and McTominay as well. Wes going. Ronaldo, Wan-Bissaka, and Cavani. Ahmad here, um, McTominay deserves points too, which will be a part of my discussion as well. I thought McTominay was very good. Uh, Ryan said Ronaldo, Wan-Bissaka, and Varane, which, yeah, we have mentioned Varane, and, um, yeah, it's fantastic to have him back. Um, he was fantastic. I thought Maguire and Lindelof were better. How much of that was down to Rafael Varane, you could say a lot, um, especially considering the difference to last week. Um, Trev saying three points for Ronaldo, two for Wan-Bissaka, and one for um, Scott McTominay. Two points, Larry. Um, I'll throw it to you first. Not obvious for me, but I think kind of straightforward, maybe. Cristiano Ronaldo uh, has to be. Uh, and the only reason I don't give three points here uh, for Ronnie is, yeah, I think he he's, he plays a key role. Um, the first goal is really important in, in a football game, particularly for Manchester United. God, I, I can't remember the last time we scored first in a football match. It was probably when Ronaldo made his second debut against Newcastle. But what I like about it, the, the goal, phenomenal. But everything he did during the game was really good. I like what the reason Juan Basaka gets the three points here is because I just think over the 90 minutes, he probably has more of an impact in terms of the game. Um, but Ronnie's goal, phenomenal. He played well. I love the way he complimented with Cavani. He gets a goal. He gets an assist. I think we forget that with Cavani's goal. It was Ronaldo, mm-hmm. the most selfish player on earth, apparently. Puts on it was, a, a, it was a throwback to his old... 2004 Ronaldo chop as well as a fine bit of skill and then the pass yeah. it was like, well, well, sort of old school Ronaldo. But um, yeah, Ryan here before we move on saying, by the way, if we beat City next week weekend, we're on equal points with them. Who would have thought that? So be fascinating. City are sort of title challenges, best team in the world football. We have an absolute crisis. We're 90 minutes away from being level with them. And um, yeah, that'll be a fascinating debate. But yeah, Ronaldo, I thought, again, we, we look at his goals and we say he's in for the goals. He, he might take away from our performance and we completely agree with that. 
But when you actually do look at his individual sort of incidents when he does get the ball, he's, it sounds stupid to say well, he's pretty good at football. Obviously, one of the best footballers, if not the greatest footballer of all time, is good at football. But he is someone, I think, especially when I compare him to Lionel Messi, Messi's a 10 times better footballer in terms of getting on the ball, passing, moving sort of thing. Ronaldo's a goal scorer. Ronaldo impacts games. But you actually watch Ronaldo. He's getting on the ball. He's linking up play. He's making the right decisions. And I think he's been fantastic. Take away the hype of Ronaldo. Take away the name. Take away the story. Just look at him as a new signing into the Premier League. What a revelation he's been. He's scoring goals in in England, in the Champions League. He's leading the line for the biggest club in the world sort of thing. He's been a fantastic signing. Take away the financials. He's been a great signing. Seven goals in nine games? Ridiculous. Yeah, something like that. It's, it's unbelievable. So, look, fair play to him. And, yeah, definitely worthy of two points for me. And a lot of people have had him in their points as well. Now, there's two players here. We've got two graphics, as you can see, some new graphics. I'm very much thanks to Larry for teeing these up right before kickoff. Um, there's, we've got two more graphics here. We don't know who to put up. A bit of a discussion. We'll discuss on who we want to give the one point to. Um, I'll give you your first shout and um, see if I agree, and we'll discuss them. I was leaning towards McTominay, and I couldn't argue with you if you say McTominay. But then I look at it. We kept a clean sheet, and it's our first clean sheet since Wolves. And what those two games have in common is the Frenchman, Raphael Varane. And I thought what he did, Tom, i, I got to tell you, Harry Maguire and Luke Shaw are still giving me heart palpitations. But this man here, he's the one, he's the glue. He's keeping everything steady. And I think his impact, you, yes, you can say McTominay was brilliant, but United just didn't look like they were going to concede today um, outside of that son offside opportunity. And I think this man here, Rafael Varane, is the one keeping things going. I think he makes the players around him look better. And that's the ultimate compliment. You think of Michael Carrick. That, that's what Carrick did well. He, we almost said, well, where was Carrick? Well, actually, he's, he was so good at his job that you didn't even notice him. I thought Rafael Varane, while not standing out, was absolutely brilliant. So for me, he's the one-pointer. Yeah, I think not only that in terms of the way we played both on the ball and defensively, I thought he's fantastic. No, not fantastic, but good, especially compared to what we have seen in regards to Harry Maguire in recent weeks. But also just the um, you look at set pieces. The last couple of weeks, every time we've had a set piece, you know, this is a goal. And look, to be fair to them, they did score off a set piece. Again, but it was one of those ones that was quite comfortably offside. Um, I think Cavani was in a good position. He knew he didn't have to sort of defend there. So well, quite easy there. But he does sort of get his head to a lot of set pieces in terms of the defensive. You hope eventually that sort of happens in the attacking sort of third of the pitch and he can grab a goal or two. But we do look a lot more solid. I remember at the start of the season when Varane came in, we are talking about our set-piece coach and how good he's been. Oh, what a difference um, this set-piece coach has made. And I look at it now, well, it might have been Rafael Varane because in the past two, three weeks, everyone's talking about what the hell is this set-piece coach doing because we do nothing but concede from set-pieces. <laughs> so I'm not putting it all down to Rafael Varane, but my God, you can go close to it. So look, Rafael Varane is worth a shout. And look, I wouldn't argue a lot of people have um, put him in, the, um, in their comments for the 3 2 ones, but I'll just get your thoughts on my one. Bit of a... Out of the blues, should have, you do look Cavani. Bruno got a great assist. Rafa Varane was fantastic. Matomine didn't stand out. He almost had an assist. Um, if Rafa, um, if Ronaldo was on side, what a goal that would have been. So he almost got an assist there. But I just think in a midfield battle like that, in a tight game, in a must-win game, and the reason why I might lean, I don't know if it's a lazy argument or I'm not really thinking things through, but for you mentioned in terms of Ole Gunnar Solskjaer post-match, said Scott Matomine was sort of miles ahead of anyone and man of the match. I do look at that comment and think, well, he's probably given him an instruction, probably placed a lot of trust in him into this sort of must-win game. And he's obviously seen something from McTominay that he asked for. 
And I just think in that must-win environment, McTominay played very well. And I thought Fred was fine. Fred was good, but I thought McTominay offered a little bit more going forward. And it, it sort of did burst forward a little bit, which was good to see. But I just think in the pressure situation and what he sort of contributed in terms of we just look so comfortable in midfield, not from so much a dominating point of view, but you look at the last couple of weeks, teams have just absolutely run through us. I think Scott McTominay was he was the imposing figure in midfield. And whenever you're the imposing figure in midfield, I think you've had a pretty good performance and sort of contributed to the result. Yeah, like I said, I don't think you can go wrong with either of these two choices. Um, yeah, maybe maybe I should give McSauce a bit more credit. I thought, yeah, like you said, going forward, did well. And I, he kept the ball ticking as well. Um, and I think he covers for a lot of the frailties that Fred has in his game. So, yeah, look, Tom, won't argue with you. If you want to give it to the Scotsman, fair play. Well, you said, uh, I think the little spiel you had on Raphael Varane there, I, I think I might offer Raphael Varane, just, just for the difference he made, will, will so much come to, And maybe the difference in McTominay was having Raphael Varane behind him. Now he obviously had three defenders behind him, which made it a little bit more sort of easy to sort of burst forward and get forward on the front foot. But, um, yeah, I think the big McTominay has played in these sort of worst – in the poor performances. Um, Raphael Varane came in and made a difference. So I'll, I'll maybe opt after your sort of spiel that Raphael Varane probably deserves it. Can I put this to you? If our defence was Maguire and Lindelof today, do you think United keep a clean sheet? The evidence would suggest no. And the confidence – look, I thought we are always going to get a better result. And Harry Maguire and Lindelof played well. And we can't just say, oh, it's because Raphael Varane, that's the only reason they Absolutely. played well. We're not, we're not going but to go to Jose just... Mourinho. Sort of, sort of of course just... not. Of course not. But I think, you know, Varane, it's not always about what he's doing on the ball. I saw Emad saying, I'm on the drink. But I think it's quite a sensible assessment. It's not – while he didn't stand out in sort of any one-on-one tackles, what he does for the players around him, the, the midfield suddenly looks more assured. The players around him, Maguire looked – the, the calmest he's looked all season while still making me nervous. Um, so no, I, I think that's, I think that's a good call, Tom. I think Raphael Varane is the one. Yeah, no, look, happy to give Raphael Varane a point. And I'm out here. Who's a big fan of Victor Lindelof saying Lindelof, I'll say it again, offers far more to the side than Maguire. Hard to drop the captain, but Lindelof deserves to start ahead of him. Look at the Great. moment in regards to performances, if they're going to play a two at the back, not two at the back, but two central defenders, Look, I agree that it's very hard to drop a captain and I might find it hard as a manager to drop the captain. But on performance, yeah, you definitely have to go Victor Lindelof. And I've had this discussion uh, with him, Matt. I think Maguire's a better defender and I like a defender to defend. But there's no doubt Victor Lindelof's, a, I wouldn't say 10 times better player, but Victor Lindelof's a far better footballer. He's probably even a better footballer than Rafael Varane in terms of on the ball. He's actually got quite a good part. A lot of people say he's our future number six, which I don't agree with. But when Lindelof does play well, he he does sort of start a lot of attacks quite well. He does fizz the ball in the midfield quite well, something Maguire sort of can be a little bit hesitant with. But um, look, look, it's great to see him just playing well. And they needed that, not just for us in terms of we needed three points, Solskjaer needed three points. The players needed a good performance to remind themselves that they're good players because they're only natural. In the past couple of weeks, they would have been picking up the phone and scrolling through Twitter and Instagram and reading all the comments, telling them how bad they are. These players needed a performance to boost themselves, give them a little bit of confidence because it's a big week coming up. Yeah, it is. It is. Um, and, and like I said, I'm really keen to see what Solskjaer does uh, midweek against Atalanta. So we'll yeah, see. Well, Alex here saying both McFred felt a lot more confident on the ball and without solid performance. Yeah, Fred was good as much as I'm praising Scott McTominay. We do, we do part of the, sort of pair them up as McFred. You do almost have to discuss them as one entity and you have to give credit to Fred. Look, he almost was a yard away from scoring a screamer and he would have been given our three points sort of thing. But is there anything else you want to touch on before we start to wrap up, Larry? Um, 
lot to dissect, but um, it was good to discuss three points and a win. Yeah, look, um, not too much, Tom. Um, I agree with, uh, you know, I still think Maguire and Shaw have a lot to account for. Um, what's this comment? Um, you, <clears throat> you don't disagree with me. Felt so much more at ease with Varane there. Maguire going to make me have seizures. I'm, I'm agreeing with that point. So I'm not sure what you disagree with, Emad. Um, but yeah, look, I, I think that's the one. I think Maguire needs to lift his performance and I don't want to be negative. This is a great result. Um, but my still, my criticism of Maguire, just some of the comments midweek, mate, he just, I have to bring, I have to bring it up on here. I just don't think it's the commentary I want to be seeing from my captain. He just doesn't, he just doesn't have the level of mentality for me that a Manchester United captain should. Yeah, I, look, I can make that case. I think, I think what hurts Harry Maguire there, and this sounds stupid, I don't think he has the voice. I think his voice doesn't really come across as commanding. I think the way he speaks, if you, you put those words in Roy Keane's mouth, you think, yeah, very good. I think coming out of Harry Maguire's mouth, I just think physically is sort of... Sounds like he's had out, a good night in Amsterdam. Like an, like an alpha male type thing. I just don't think it's sort of that one, that sort of voice that sort of inspires. And that's nothing to do with him. That's just his voice. But I'm, I'm sure his messages... Look, we were here last year in terms of in the middle of the pandemic saying what a great leader he is and great example he is for Manchester United and what a great defender he is. He's the best defender for England. We do have to remember he has been playing well. He has been a good signing. Take away the 80 million price tag and the defender. Well, the defender has been quite good. He's in a horrible patch of form at the moment. Hopefully this game he can turn it around. But um, at the moment, yeah, if we do go to a two, I wouldn't have any clients with playing Victor Lindelof um, next to Rafael Varane. I think he definitely deserves it. And he has stepped up. Luke Shaw stepped up last year under Alex Tellez. Well, Victor Lindelof has stepped up under Rafael Varane. Yeah, and look, I'm not here to debate Maguire's quality as a Manchester United player. I think he is a Manchester United player. And when he's on, he's great. But I just don't think he displays the leadership of a captain. And if I'm being entirely honest, and I'm not, I don't think Ronaldo's as egotistical as those make out. But if I'm Bruno Fernandes or Cristiano Ronaldo or Marcus Rashford, how do you look at Harry Maguire and be inspired? He hasn't won anything. He's inconsistent. And uh, and at least this season, he's, he's been well below par. So I'm just wondering, yes, I understand there's a lack of options. But if I look at what Rafael Varane has done, this is why I said I actually would be giving him the armband. Maybe it's one for Solskjaer to have a chat with Maguire and say, do you think focusing on football might be to your benefit? We'll give the armband to someone else and word it in a way where it's not as a detriment, but we know you can be a good player and I really just want you to focus on what you're doing on the pitch. Let's give the armband to someone else and just so we can see you get back to your best. That's what I'd like to see personally. Yeah, no, look, I completely agree. It's a bit here saying Oli in and Ahmad. Yeah, he was actually agreeing with you, Larry. I think a bit of a miscommunication there was in regards to Varane um, points and you being on the drink. But um, yeah, I we'll love being on the drink. I'm sad yeah. I'm not on one right now, mate. Well, yes, Saturday night, Manchester Derby. We'll be back at the pub um, on the drinkers. Who knows what the score will be? It is a positive chat now, but um, we can't hide from the fact if Manchester City play well, no matter how well we play, um, unfortunately, we might be on the losing side. But we will wrap up there. Um, hopefully, everyone did enjoy it. Um, if you did enjoy it, not just the content, but obviously Man United winning, Ronaldo scoring, Cavani scoring, etc. Um, please do like the video and um, give us a subscribe if you're new. Tomorrow night, it's obviously a quick turnaround. We've got Atalanta on Wednesday morning, Sydney time. So tomorrow night, we'll actually have a match preview with um, obviously talking about strikers. Um, we'll have former Matilda and presenter on Stan Sport in the Champions League. Obviously, in Australia, the Champions League coverage has gone to Stan Sport. So we'll have former Matilda Grace Gill on. Um, obviously, a very good striker. So it'll be great to get her 
input um, or insight onto Ronaldo and Cavani, etc. Because she's obviously very good goal scorer when she's playing. So, um, Larry, fantastic to chat three points and a win. It's been too long. I think it, it is. West, I think it was West Ham away last time in London. West Ham away, obviously the Villarreal yeah. and Atalanta, but I can't even remember that Jesse Lingard goal. That was like three months ago. In the league, at least, yeah. I lost win since West Ham. It's been a good while. It has been a good while. I'll give you a spoiler for the Manchester City game, just for us to end on. I guarantee you we will not be keeping a clean sheet against Manchester City. I'm not going to say we can't win, but well, a clean got, sheet, I don't think it's going Obviously, they've got a send-off in um, – the Laporte got sent off, so Ronaldo against the sort of a makeshift back four or whatever they play with um, will be interesting. Oh, play John um, Stones, please. Ryan saying, love it. Uh, where's Pep out? Um, a mad clop out. Um, any manager that loses a couple of games out. Well, any manager Agreed. who blows a two-goal two lead at home to Brighton, I think they're on sort of touchy ground. But as I said, um, hopefully everyone did enjoy the video. Make sure you subscribe if you're new and make sure you like the video. It really does help the channel. And as I said, tomorrow we'll have a Atalanta preview with um, Grace Gill, who's obviously a former Matilda and Stan Sport presenter for the Champions League. So we'll go through all things Man United and Champions League. Until then, Larry, have a good evening. Enjoy your Monday you, morning at work. Pleasure. Cheers. Have a good one, man. Enjoy the chat and chat to you tomorrow.